Support for the GW Integrative Medicine podcast comes from our sponsor, Bliss Technologies, makers of advanced oral probiotics for a healthy mouth and throat. Information on how Bliss Technologies is transforming healthcare is at blissprobiotic.com. That's bliss, B-L-I-S, probiotic.com. Welcome to GW Integrative Medicine, the podcast about disease prevention and health promotion from the Office of Integrative Medicine and Health at the George Washington University School of Medicine and Health Sciences. I'm Dr. Lee Frame, Program Director of the Integrative Medicine Program here at GW. And I'm Janet Rodriguez, the Office's Administrative Director. Today, we're going to talk about the oral health microbiome and systemic health with Dr. Bonnie Feldman, DDS, MBA, Chief Collaboration Officer at Dr. Bonnie 360, Your Immunity Connection. With her unique experiences as a healthcare provider, researcher, analyst, scientist, and patient, Dr. Feldman bridges diverse industries and helps propel the growing convergence of science, tech, and patient demand towards individualized autoimmune care through her consulting, writing, and speaking. She has been invited to speak at TEDx, South by Southwest, and Stanford Medicine X. Welcome to GW Integrative Medicine, Dr. Feldman. I'm delighted to be here, and I was so excited to meet all of you. So let's get started. Dr. Bonnie, what's the connection between the oral microbiome and systemic health? That is a terrific question. When I went to dental school many years ago, we were not really thinking or, and we didn't know that much about the oral microbiome. But because of new science and technology that's converged and our new understanding of the gut microbiome, we're learning some fascinating things about the oral microbiome and its connection to systemic health. For example, the mouth, when you think about it, is the first meeting place between the immune system, the gut, and the outside environment. And although most people think of your mouth in terms of kissing or maybe how your smile faces the outside world, your oral cavity is actually both a gateway and a mirror that can reflect health or lack of it to the whole rest of the body. And this new understanding of the oral microbiome is changing the way we think about health and disease, in particular, these systemic diseases. So we now know that the oral microbiome has 700 different species of bacteria. And there's two types of these surfaces that bacteria can colonize when you look at the mouth. We have shedding mucosal surfaces, and then we have non-shedding surfaces, which are your teeth. But I want to extend our thinking beyond the mouth and also think about what's called the oral pharynx. That's the mouth and pharynx because all this is the gateway to digestive health. And then when you think about what else is in your mouth, we all know there's saliva. And saliva, it turns out, is a lot more complex than we understood when I was in dental school. It's um, got an important role in defending us against disease and maintaining homeostasis and is very critical to what is going on in the oral microbiome. We also, in addition to saliva, where we have, it's composed mostly of water and therefore it um, gives us the necessary moisture for bacterial saliva. But the pH of the saliva is very important to oral diseases such as caries and periodontal disease, but also other systemic diseases. Uh, 
And what happens in the mouth with your oral microbiome and the saliva is we start to think about biofilms. And biofilms are 3D structures formed by microorganisms that are colonizing the mucosal and dental surfaces. And why is this really important? Because as our biofilms are composed of water and curricular fluid and immune complexes and minerals with a lot of bacteria, in a healthy mouth, we have biofilms where the oral microbiome is balanced. But in an unhealthy mouth, the oral microbiome, just like we talk about in the gut, becomes out of balance. And this is dysbiosis. And it's in these times of dysbiosis of the oral microbiome where we start to see this connection and the link to systemic diseases. The ones that might be most obvious would be dental diseases. That would be caries and periodontal disease. But we also have oral cancer. And in addition, there's new understanding of how the oral microbiome is connected to systemic diseases, especially autoimmune diseases. And these might include Sjogren's disease, lupus, rheumatoid arthritis, and some others. The thing that immediately comes to mind for me, especially with what you were saying about the pH, the saliva, and and the whole entire environment in our mouth, we're told to use mouthwash, we're told to use fluoridated products. Um, you know, oil swishing has, you know, become um, a, an alternative to some of those things. Uh, how do those products and practices affect our oral microbiome? Actually, that's an excellent question. Most of the commercial products on the market or the larger ones sold by the big dental companies are, um, they destroy the oral microbiome. They um, are not good for our mouth at all. And in fact, what I was taught in dental school and when you think about going to get your teeth cleaned very often is the cleaner, the better. But that does not necessarily apply to our new understanding of the oral microbiome and how to keep it in balance. In fact, um, drying out your mouth is very bad for the oral microbiome. The chemicals in these commercial products are detrimental to us. So I would suggest that we just like we detoxify our chemicals in our cleaning products in our home, and some of us go and detoxify the chemicals in our makeup, we should think about detoxifying the chemicals that go in our mouth every day, including some of the toothpastes that are very popular, most of the mouthwashes that are also very popular. In fact, I was recently at CVS and I was dismayed um, how big a market it is and how bad these things are for your oral microbiome. So we need to change our thinking. We need to learn all about keeping our oral microbiome in balance with natural chemicals that don't dry it out. That's a, a really good point, um, Dr. Bonnie, I was uh, looking at the ingredients on the back of a popular toothpaste and noticed it actually contained triclosan, which is an antimicrobial. Uh, and I wondered if putting an antimicrobial in your mouth every day could have these detrimental effects on your oral microbiome, but perhaps even your gut microbiome if you're accidentally swallowing it. 
There isn't enough research to say for sure, but the latest thinking around keeping a balanced oral microbiome in terms of its connection to systemic disease would logically tell us to use products that are as natural as possible. Very interesting. So it sounds like um, along with asking people, you know, what medications are you taking, what um, complementary therapies you're using, that maybe uh, these first-line primary care providers should be asking them, what are you brushing your teeth with? What are you gargling with? Absolutely. Or... Another way to think about it is dentists should be more involved in our natural community, learn more about the oral microbiome to counsel their patients in a more integrated fashion. I would love to see that. Yeah, that would be wonderful. I mean, I think the more uh, different type of specialties we can bring into the integrative team, the stronger the approach is. And I do think that dentists have been kind of... um, less prevalent in the community. So it'd be really great to get more dentists involved. I agree 100% because I still miss my dental days and I fondly remember my dental education, which did not, of course, include the oral microbiome back then. That was the days before there was even much known about uh, metabolomics or proteomics or genomics and all of the omics research was not yet happening. And so... We live in an amazing time where this convergence of technology and oral health can affect our systemic health if we can just tell enough people so they can spread the word. Well, hopefully we're doing that a little bit today. Good. So next I wanted to ask you about the role that bacteria in the mouth play in inflammation and chronic disease. I know we've mentioned that it's related to systemic disease a little bit, but if you could just go into maybe a little bit more detail. So when we talk about systemic diseases, and specifically I focus on autoimmune diseases, um, the most common autoimmune diseases are lupus, rheumatoid arthritis, psoriatic arthritis, um, and, and others. There's actually a hundred different kinds. And what most people don't know about autoimmune diseases and its relationship to oral health is oftentimes um, oral health providers, dentists, or ENT, or primary care docs, and can look inside your mouth and see signs of health or disease. And what might that look like? Well, if you think about it, acupuncturists have been doing this for a very long time, and because they look at your tongue, and they use your tongue print as an indicator of your health. When a dentist usually looks in your mouth, thinking about systemic disease, they're usually thinking about oral cancer. So often as a patient, you could have an oral cancer screening where dentists are looking at um, all of the oral cavity, checking for cancer. Specific oral diseases, of course, are caries and periodontal disease. And from there, periodontal disease is pretty well known to be associated with increased cardiac disease or heart disease. It's now only coming into our understanding that the um, oral microbiome changes along with environment, genetics, and diet and lifestyle could trigger the pathogens of autoimmune disease. Um, Specifically in Sjogren's, 
where you have a dry mouth, um, dentists often see this, and Sjogren's is a dysregulated immune response to the oral microbiome. And the symptoms include things not just by dry eyes, dry mouth. And so there from periodontal disease, you can see there's a, a pretty clear link. Also looking at rheumatoid arthritis, there have been studies that show that the altered oral microbiome in rheumatoid arthritis patients have the... Um, Gingivalis is strongly linked to the to our understanding of how rheumatoid arthritis progresses. And also in lupus, we have autoantibodies against these oral microbial products, which can influence the path of this disease too. And in Crohn's, we're beginning to understand that the reduced bacterial diversity including a decrease in firmicutes and an increase in proteobacteria can trigger pathogenesis. So what's new and novel about this is the link to systemic autoimmune disease and the gut microbiome has been spoken about for a while, especially in the integrative community, and is now somewhat you know, coming into the fray in the conventional community. The oral microbiome, because our understanding of the science is somewhat newer, has not really been well established as a link to these systemic autoimmune diseases, but there now is research showing that that is the case. And when you think about it, that's really exciting because it opens an, a whole new area for earlier intervention and maybe some new salivary diagnostics or other types of tests of the oral microbiome that could be an indicator to early parts of these diseases. And if you know anything about how autoimmune diseases progress, they can be very challenging for patients as well as expensive for our system. So if we could use this oral microbiome understanding to find autoimmune disease earlier, we would all be better off. Your TEDx talk focused on the invisible epidemic of autoimmune disease. What role does the oral microbiome play in that epidemic? The invisible epidemic of autoimmune disease. I, I coined that name because people don't realize the size and magnitude of the numbers of people suffering with autoimmune disease. Um, probably you may know someone who has one, but a lot of people have failed to realize that when you look at the hundred different kinds of autoimmune diseases, which we now see are increasing in prevalence among young adults, especially college age women with multiple autoimmune diseases, they actually affect 16% of the U.S. population, which is more than cancer and heart disease combined. What's fascinating about this is because so few people realize that we can aggregate the numbers and the disease is really big, um, research has not caught, caught up. And so a lot of the funding still goes to cancer and autoimmune disease only receives a minuscule amount of the funding that cancer research does. The TED Talk was my, hmm, <laughs> it was kind of a, um, I talked about my own family history and how I became an autoimmune patient advocate after being a dentist and a Wall Street analyst. 
And it was, um, it talked about bringing patients the best of conventional, functional, and digital medicine, which includes the oral microbiome. Because if we can use the oral microbiome to find disease earlier, or if we can use the oral microbiome to give tools to more practitioners, such as dentists, ENT, primary care docs, integrated folks, then we will be helping to reverse this invisible epidemic that is affecting more young adults than ever before. So why do you think that more providers aren't already doing some of these salivary diagnostics uh, as it relates to overall health or autoimmunity? You know, that's an excellent question. And on the surface, it looks like salivary diagnostics should be very simple because obviously, you know, some of us have done spit tests and cheek swabs and it seems very accessible. But when you really look at the type of salivary diagnostics that we have currently, they're not yet that advanced or sophisticated. They lack specificity. Um, and accuracy at the moment, but I am hopeful that this new understanding of the oral microbiome is going to get funding to improve our salivary diagnostics. Dr. Bonnie, how do we bridge the gap between dentistry and medicine to fight systemic inflammation? Yes, bridging the gap between dentistry and medicine is something I've been interested in for a long, long time. When I was in dental school, I had, I had originally assumed that the head was connected to the body. And yet, if you look at how dentists practice, they are very siloed. And in fact, dentists are siloed, ENT docs are siloed, and sometimes so are primary care docs. So we need to have that collaborative thinking or more integration between the providers, looking at the mind-body connection, thinking about systemic disease as an entire, as the whole person. And I'm actually hopeful that dentists can participate actively in this transformation. Because if you look at some of the new science around um, what we call systems biology, which uses the new discoveries in genomics, proteomics, and metabolomics to look at how the body operates as a system, it's bringing in a lot more providers to the mix, whether it's a conventional provider or an integrative provider, And I'm hoping that we'll also bring in dentists, ENT docs, and primary care folks to use these new tools and understanding um, and get to prevention, a prevention point in autoimmune disease. So you mentioned prevention, which is absolutely my background and my passion uh, with my training in nutrition. And that's something that we really focus on with integrative medicine, but maybe less so in the conventional model. It's more about um, what's broken, let's fix it. Is that something you see as being a, a key element to both oral microbiome health, systemic health, and the role that dentists might play in changing the paradigm of healthcare? Absolutely. I, I think it begins with 
finding people that are open-minded, giving the best education and tools in terms of what's happening at this intersection of healthcare and technology. And perhaps I'm a little bit too optimistic because dentists by nature are very conservative, but there are now integrative dentists um, and I'm hoping that because the functional medicine community in medicine has been growing so much that the consumer demand, just like we talked about looking at, you know, dental products in, you know, our local drugstores, I'm hopeful that consumer demand will push and accelerate this trend where dentists can become forward thinkers around the oral microbiome and prevention of systemic oral oral disease. So do you think dentists are engaging in research and and pushing that agenda forward because it seems like an area that you know we're still developing the research on this and to have their expertise on oral health in that conversation seems like it would be really You would important. think. And the answer is I'll just share my own personal story. I am like the shoemaker who doesn't have shoes. In other words, I am the dentist who, for reasons that are unknown, has advanced periodontal disease. One of the reasons I became so intrigued by this new science around the oral microbiome was to try to solve my own advanced periodontal disease issues. Um, The answer is mixed. I have had a really hard time finding researchers and practitioners who are as interested in solving my anomalies as I am. So I think we're starting with this podcast, and from there, we're going to be building further. (laughs) Great. Well, we're glad to help. I did want to ask you a little bit about some research that is maybe more typical of oral health and uh, when we think about bacteria, and that's microbial biofilms. You didn't mention them earlier, but just wondering what sort of research is going on in that field, and um, is have we learned about how we can manipulate them or alter them to treat disease or improve yes. health? Yes. Um, our understanding of biofilms has really been um, coming along. We do understand the competition in the ecosystem and what happens as biofilms form. Um, for example, there's um, there's sort, sort of these in the process of looking at how biofilms are created. There's the primary colonizers. Those are kind of the first guys. And there's competition that comes along in terms of the secondary colonizers. So they have to compete with the primary ones for space and air and location. Reminds me of real estate in some ways. But um, once it's all built up, you have this mature biofilm. Oftentimes we call it plaque. Um, and sometimes it it gets even harder and dentists call it calculus. These are all biofilms and we are learning, um, we're learning something about how to help modulate them to keep the oral microbiome in balance. The factors, um, that sort of are important in biofilm formation have to do with how much salivary flow you have and what's the um, pH. In other words, 
If you look at how decay is formed when you get these biofilms and plaque, you have, and that's a disease state of your biofilm, and so your oral microbiome is out of balance. As opposed to a healthy biofilm where your oral microbiome is in balance, and there you have you know, good salivary flow, plenty of water, and oftentimes you're not eating as much as you might be um, because people that eat frequently often have um, poor oral microbiomes because of the way the sugars um, can cause decay when you have increased acid production and then your low pH challenges so that you have this ecological shift in the oral microbiome where you have things like lactobacilli and strep mutans, and then you have increased risk for decay. So what can we do to prevent that? Um, in the olden days, they used to think that keeping your mouth very clean, using those astringent rinses as well as good hygiene, was all you needed to prevent decay. Um, if that were the case, I wouldn't have advanced periodontal disease and lots of decay. So we're now learning that it's not so much about mm, a clean mouth versus an unclean mouth. It's a matter of what are your bacteria or maybe also your viruses and your fungi and the other parts of the oral microbiome that keep it in balance. And we're not yet sure exactly what to do about it. What oral microbiome research should providers be reading right now? I know nobody wants to add to that pile of journals <laughs> by the bedside or, by, or in their office, but... Well, okay, so I'm very prejudiced because um, I, I, I prepared... I think they should be reading my oral microbiome <laughs> research. Absolutely. Wait, you are and we'll that? have links in the show notes. Um, I've created an extensive visual annotated oral microbiome bibliography that is geared for lay people and dentists and will give you the most up-to-date, important information that is actionable. That sounds great. So it's kind of like the Cliff Notes version for all those busy providers out there. I hope so. That's its intent. Excellent. Well, that is all the time we have for today. Dr. Feldman, thank you for joining us. You're welcome. This is the GW Integrative Medicine Podcast from the GW Office of Integrative Medicine and Health. I'm Dr. Lee Frame. And I'm Janet Rodriguez. Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. listening.